it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You can't win anything with kids. I would love it if we beat them. Love it. How much of the players looking forward to Arsene Wenger arriving? <laughs> Welcome to the Phoenix Five's first ever show. I'm Paul McGrath alongside uh, Lee Harper, David Graham, David Holland, and we're supposed to be Adam Miller, but that fat cunt didn't turn up. So each week we'll talk about various topics based on football in the 90s. It could be about Serie A, or who was the better striker, Badastuda or Del Piero, or on our own homeland of who was the better midfielder, Ince Keane or David Batty, or just talking about referees in the 90s. So the first one I'll start us off with is, so why was the 90s such a better era than the 80s? We never got to see much of the 80s football as we are five and six. But if you've seen things on YouTube and you've lived through things in the 90s, you, you know a lot of what went on in the 80s. It can be argued that most things in the 90s were just so much better that a generational issue, you always think better of your era. But we all know that fans in the 80s were seen as hooligans. In 1985 alone, people saw the year of the Hersel, the Bradford disaster and the Luton versus Millwall riots. And let's not forget Hillsborough. Grounds of health and safety were a huge concern compared to the 90s and the 2000s. And when England teams were not in Europe for most of the 80s due to violence. And England fans were just seen across the board as fugs. The total lack of access to watch games live. Most of the year was focused on the FA Cup final that had any real build-up. That was the only real game that you got to actually sit on a Saturday and watch and take in. A lot of the fans now are similar age and even some TV pundits do seem to only remember football when the Premier League began. But that was what's so good about the 90s. There were so many teams competing to win leagues each season. Man United, Arsenal, Blackburn, Leeds, Liverpool, Newcastle, and even Nottingham Forest, who finished third in the 94-95 season. The 90s, we saw so many characters burst into life. We started to see the foreign invade our shores, Paolo Wanchok, Zola, Aspria, King Eric, and let's not forget Thomas Brolin. The 90s, we still got to see a contact sport. And yes, it was a lot safer playing than the 90s than it was in the 70s or 80s but we still got the best of both worlds. The blood and thunder of Vinnie Jones, Razor Ruddock, Julian Dix and Stuart Pearce. We all tried to recreate the tackles in the park or in the schools and try not to injure your mate too bad. Any of those players would survive in the modern football? I'm not too sure. They would have a massive amount of red cards if they were to still be playing. 90s football was an era where you could afford to go to games and it was still a working man's game. The cost of a ticket in 92, 93 was around 750 compared to about 33 pounds now. 
We had chairmen who were seen as custodians, the Edwards family at Man United and the Hall and Shepherd era of Newcastle, and not forgetting Dudley, Deadly Doug. There was a connection between fans and owners. In the early 2000s, we started to see the change of football being where sport became business. And the launch of Sky in the 90s was massive. It was a game changer. It kick-started the massive following that football then become as we know it now. Football, football, football. We had Sky, we had football matches every week, build-ups that were hours on end. We had the launch of magazines, match, shoot. It was just huge. Then we had TV programmes like Soccer AM and Soccer Saturday. So that is said, football in the 90s was the era to be part of. So this week, we're going to ease you guys in with less of a debate and more of just a, a trip down memory lane. Football in the 90s, what do we miss? Is it Robbie Fowler wearing his nose strip? Was it tiny players wearing XXL shirts? Or was it the real wave of exotic players signings like Janino, Emerson, and Fabrizio Ravinelli that were actually, you couldn't go on YouTube and have a look at. You had to wait till they come in the Premier League or watch Syria. So Lee, I'm going to start off with you. So in the football in the 90s, what would you say you miss the most? Well, if if I'm quite honest, in the 90s, I didn't really watch much like live games because obviously I didn't have uh, I didn't have Sky. So mainly for me, it was watching Italia 90 on Channel 4, um, the odd FA Cup game. Obviously, match of the day was massive for me. And when I, when I was at school, I, I, 10.20, I used to set my alarm for it. I, that's all I ever used to watch. So, um, yeah, well, like... Like I said, I didn't really see many games. I was mainly highlights. So, um, yeah, well, I like the end of the late nineties was when I watched probably more games. But yeah, I don't really have that much of a recognition in early nineties football, really. Um, well, match of the day was the thing, wasn't it? Match of the day was everyone's football. You only you come in. We used to come in school football on a, on a Monday, and we might have seen one live game and it would have been if you went live like QPR so a QPR game an Arsenal game or a Fulham game and you come in the Monday talk about that or you'll talk about what you saw on match of the day that was what the 90s was about it wasn't about the soaked in football as we are now um, Dave what, what, David Holland what's your um, memories of the 90s? Uh, keeping you lot out of the football team loved that <laughs> you know you know ten. straight out the gate I'm off with that one you know what I mean? No one was taken right back. I loaned it to Graham for a little while. I got a broken leg. And then... Uh, <laughs> that was your 11. As soon as I was out, like, out of the cast, Graham was never seen again in a football shirt. Now that's true. <laughs> that bit's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm more thinking, you know, like the 90s and that Euro 96. Like that is, you know, like from then, later than that, that's when it really, I really start to remember. Like... I played for West London Rangers and all the old East Acton boys and I played for him. And, and Sheila Bird, the Bird, Bird, funny enough, was the, one, was the manager. And uh, it was England, Holland. And we got we had to go to the IMAX in Leicester Square and watch it in the cinema, thinking, oh, that's going to be like, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a tight game. And then we're, four, we're in 4-1. Like the whole cinema is going absolutely mental. Right? That's like, that's that you know, just, that's always stuck with me. Because one, it was an unbelievable result. And it was, you know, like, and it was just, it was just amazing. It was a fucking, it was amazing. Yeah, and like, from then on, you start to remember stuff, like. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, really. 96 was probably the first big tournament that I kind of remember. Obviously, 94, I do remember, but England, we weren't even in it. So, um, 92, I've not really got much recognition of. Um, I think Denmark win that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there yeah and Dem Denmark Denmark only qualified because I think Yugoslavia 
broke up or something. They qualified, they broke up. So Denmark got like a wild card. So they shouldn't even have been in the tournament anyway and ended up winning it. Something like that, if I, if I remember right. Well, Dave, what's David Graham? What's John Jensen. <laughs> Jensen. David Graham, what's your favourite? Well, I'm going to go back to what uh, Lee said. I think you're going, you're going to know what I'm going to say. It's going to be Football Italia for me. Uh, 100%. It was like on a Saturday morning, I used to wake up, because I never had Sky. I don't think Harper had Sky. I think Holland and Paul, you had cable. So there was no there was no football at all, was dodgy there? So cable. Saturday morning. Dodgy cable. Uh, dodgy cable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the odd one out there. I, I only had terrestrial telly, so... His mum was knocking off the old caretaker. <laughs> yeah, the old caretaker, topless darts. I used to watch that at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, well, I, I remember that, yeah. I still watch that at Louis' house, actually. But that's, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday Wait, morning, you three times to fall asleep so you could have a wank. Well, yeah, that's well, yeah. But... Well, I miss <laughs> a bit of the old days. Graham, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Saturday mornings used to be Transworld Sport when you woke up. Do you remember Transworld Sport on Channel 4? Yeah. Yeah, but that, wasn't that a, a mixture program. of sports, Gray? Huh? Wasn't that a mixture of sports as well? That's the one, yeah. You had that first, and then you had Gazetta Football Italia. And it would be James Richardson, wouldn't it? And he'd be showing you the goals from the previous week. Then he'd be focusing on this week's games. He'd had interviews well, yeah. with um, all the top stars that were coming up. And then he'd show goals from, like, Coppa Italia. So when you watch that week in, week out, you get to know some of the players, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because I've never seen any Italian football before then. I mean, USA 94, Italian 90 and Euro 92. But like Lee said, I barely remember it. I have to go into YouTube now to just get some information because I think like Thomas Brolin, I don't, don't remember much of him at Leeds, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? Because he came over quite early in the Premier League. So it's always going to be football Italian for me. It's going to be the kits. Massive fan of the 90s kits. And also it's got to be that theme tune. Uh, with it being football as well, that's got to be the most iconic theme tune for me personally, the uh, Gazette of Football Italia. Just speaks match of the day for me, but yeah, oh, that'd be my number one miss of the 90s, Football Italia, because it was completely different. And we had nothing oh, like that. That's, oh, no, that's still going on today. People are still doing it. Basically, yeah. But now, but now when you put the, you've got BT Sports, Sky Sports, Premier Sports, etc. You've, you've got football 24-7, haven't you? I mean, you used to have like, on uh, Italian football, you used to have Roma Lazio. That was free to wear. That massive derby like that. Now you have to pay subscription fee to watch that. Yeah. So that's how different. Yeah, I know it. times changing that, but yeah, that's for me. Always football Italia. So so you left Paul, wasn't it? Your nineties. Yeah, so, what well, you missed most in the nineties, sir? Yeah, I think for me, Nick Pieber at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Pieber at Monaco. <laughs> <laughs> the nineties for We're me. We're not going there. <laughs> Colacone. Um the, the 90s for me I think for, there's, there's more than one thing I think as you said I think that the fact that it was more limited and although it's great now having so much more football constantly you can see but now it, it's just too much almost because there is all these platforms you have to pay for to watch them whereas before everyone would watch match of the day and everyone had the same kind of experience together. Whereas now you can watch a game for 90 minutes or I'll watch a game for two, two or three minutes. So I think you've lost that uh, part of the, of the football. It's, it's overindulged in football now, but we've got too much. I also think that um, obviously United in the, in the 90s versus Arsenal. So the Wenger versus uh, Fergie era, I think that was, it would never be replicated. It was just unreal. It was just Very such key. a... 
Vieira Keane, you know, Van Nistroy, a little bit later on in the 90s, but the Van Nistroy Keown incident. I mean, you could write a book, uh, a lengthy book on just those matches, just the individual matches, not in between, just the matches. But the other thing is goal When did Wenger take over Arsenal? Uh, Sorry, 90... when did Wenger take over Arsenal? 96, 96, 96, 97. Yeah, 96, 97. He won it in 98. He won it in 98 and took over halfway the season before that, didn't he? So I think it was 97. Yeah. I think it was earlier than that. I think it was earlier than that. You had Bruce Rioch, didn't you? It's got to be, I'm, think, I'm thinking 95. Is it 95 ish? It's no, definitely no, been 90s anyway. When, when he won the league in 98, that was his first full season. How was it? Yeah. Well, he kind of, a change, he kind of changed the way. Football was played in the Premier League in my eyes. So Wenger signed right. for Arsenal in September uh, 1996. So yeah, so in that 96 to 2000, mid 90s, I mean, yeah. not 2000, but 96 onwards. But also goal celebrations. You know, you know, in the 90s, you had so many iconic goal celebrations. Uh, whether it's Shearer running with just one hand, or it was um, uh, Sharp and Giggs doing something, or what was it, the FA Cup game with the Ducks, where they were winning their knees and they... they oh, the doing Cup. the bugle off the touchline. Uh, I thought you'd mentioned that one, yeah. He used to wear the noseband as well, didn't well, he? Yeah, right. I used to wear them. That's the greatest celebration of all time. Never, never ever been challenged. The greatest celebration of all time. He'd been bound for life we've done that now. Uh, I tried them at school, them things that, that Robbie Fowler wear. I'll tell you what, they made a massive difference, man. You have got some Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, They did work, the old nose strip, the old nose no strips. They were quality. That's my but... next point. Exactly, exactly what you just said is the politics in football. Well, now this is the, the thing about the Keen, the Keen and Van Nistelrooy incident. The, 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 the thing that went on during that when he missed the penalty and they all jumped. They'd have been six aside. Yeah. You know what I mean? If that was today. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Keen's pushing him, Lauren's pushing him. You know what I mean? It, 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 it'd have been sent off all over. The game would have been abandoned. Like, like, like yeah, like, but this is one of the things now that you know we, we've lost from the game. It is it was a man sport before. I'm not saying it's not a man sport now, but to, you know when you went to play on a football field, you, you went out there and it was it was not to war, but you went in for a, a good old battle. The rivalries of of teams in the nineties, early two thousands, I think was there a little bit as well. But the introduction of VAR, the introduction of the and this it, it ties in well with football clubs becoming businesses opposed to football clubs. Because once you started doing that, you had an element of commercial being commercial and fans being turned into customers, which is now compared to the 90s. It's such a different aspect of it, of, of what we're seeing now. In the 90s, you can go and watch a game, Stuart Peter take someone out and he might get a yellow card. Now, you can't even tackle. So just the whole way that football was played in the 90s, it had speed. Yeah, that's what, that, that's why like, it's the best era. Yeah, I don't. I, you you name one player in the Premier League this day and now that you'd say he's an out and out tackler. Oh, I can't name one. No. Well, it's it's not an art anymore, is it? It can't be an art because if like, you get it slightly wrong, then you're off. Kante, yeah, Kante is like he's like the the the, oh, the best tackler of the ball. And look how small that little fucker is. Like you'd think, imagine like someone like Keane Vieira. If they kicked him, he'd, they'd end up fucking. He'd, well, he'd break his legs. See, the thing is with Keenan like Vieira now, like, with that aspect of their game of being a hard man, you know, if they had to take that out of their, out their game now, in this year, right, would they be as good as they was back then? Oh, I doubt it. Because well, yeah. technically, good, technically they weren't great. Well, Vieira was, wasn't bad, but... 
I think they'll still be same with the ball at their feet. I don't think that changes. They have natural, they have technical ability, but as, you, as Dave's saying, they're, they're sort of their personality, their leadership, maybe, yeah, they might disappear. Like they, people they, about, they needed yeah, that yeah. player. They, they needed that grit. And if you take that grit away from their game, they ain't half the players they, they, that, they, that we know them to be. Like they? when we were on the WhatsApp group the other day, we were having that debate about, um, the Paul, well, about Paul Ince and about his leadership and stuff like that. You know, from what you, what you read, what you hear, you know, Roy Keane was much uh, a much bigger influence, I think, to the Man United uh, the other players than what Paul Lintz was. They had a bit more yeah. respect for him. You know what I mean? So, like you're saying, was it, was it take, respect or was it fear? A bit of both, I would have thought. Just you know, yeah, from what you read and hear, I'd say it was a bit of both. But like so think the players these days are such pansies and pampered. Like they, they were just they wouldn't have anyone to like strike fear into them week in week out. They just leave, wouldn't they? Oh, I'll get their agent to start playing up and off. You know, like. It's, it's like that. It's like what you said, Graham. It, that's what makes the nineties like quality because we didn't have all this crap that you got now. Yeah, definitely. Like, we, loyalty, like, loyalty was a big thing as well in the nineties. Who loyalty? I think was loyalty well, was a big thing in the nineties. This day and age well, now, they like they go from club to club to club. Like, okay, I'm, you didn't I'm gonna see that, that many one. transfers. Gigs, you're gonna say gigs and Leticia, ain't you? <laughs> Well, there was loads of players. Gerard, which is a good point. The Bosman Rawlings came in in the nineties, in the late nineties. We started to see the the, the, the talks of the Bosman Rawlings and how that would implement in the game going forward. Um, and you say loyalty in football, yeah, it, it, that's another thing. If you sign for a club, Tony Adams, obviously, you know, on there for life, but you had a lot more lifers at clubs, or they were pushed on by the clubs, opposed to them asking to leave. You know, after two seasons not winning the same, oh, I'm going to be off. People, Alan Shearer is a prime example, you know, of players signing for clubs over loyalty rather than transfer fees or how much money they get paid. Well, Shearer it, says he doesn't a, regret leaving Newcastle, but I think that's the biggest lie of his life. He, he couldn't say, he couldn't come out and say that now because he's loved that much that if he said anything against them, like, mm. you know, like his legacy Agreed, for but, them. Agrees, but like I said, deep down, he knows. Yeah. Well, I say you could have signed for United. I mean, they, they, you know what I mean? They break the transfer re- fucking record every single fucking year. But yet they're not, they didn't buy the league, as we were fucking saying the other day. Yet, yeah. you know, we'll Shearer must regret not going there. They won the Champions League, all this other stuff. You know what I mean? Well, Graham, what do you think in, on, in Shearer staying at Newcastle and not going to a bigger club? It's a hard one, isn't it? Obviously, he could have played at, the, at that time. They're not, I don't think there would have been a, would have been a team in Europe that he wouldn't have got in in his prime no, no he would have at, at the time so really he could, could have gone anywhere couldn't he but so unless you know him personally it, it does, does sound like loyalty doesn't it because it just for an, um, uh, you know he'd gone to United he probably could have got more wages and who was well, who else around Madrid teams like that Barcelona the lifestyle would have been better for him out there you know Euro, European football he went there in his prime though you know like he obviously he was he was a Newcastle fan and stuff like that you know like uh, when players start to dip a bit, they go usually go to their boyhood club, didn't they? And they're a hero and all that. He went there like he went there when he was still banging in goal. I know that, that time Newcastle had money and stuff, didn't they? They would sort of they were challenging. You know, like, I love it if we beat them. They were at that sort of time, didn't they? So, like, and you would have thought like each even if he had gone United when 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 United was sniffing around him, he still could have gone to Newcastle. Holland, you said the right thing. I said in terms of he could have gone, but when you said Newcastle had money in that at that stage. You've got to remember, Shearer was seen as the piece of the puzzle that was going to take them to the next level. So Keegan would have sold it as, look, you come and sign for us, your boyhood club, 
we'll knock we'll, we'll knock them off their perch. We'll, we'll, we will win the league with you in the helm. They had a good go though, good. didn't they? They had a good go with Shearer and Ferd- Ferdinand up front. They're unlucky. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. What you're saying. Yeah. Go on to Holland's one for a second. England, right? The, the classic old debate: the, the England of the nineties or the golden era of the early two thousands. Is a, is, a, is a big debate. Should they have won more? Should they have done this? Should they have done that? But the team in the 90s, I mean, as you said, 92, 90, 94, a bit young for that, really. Obviously, we, we've seen stuff. But 96, 98 and 2000, I mean, phew, what a team. Uh, yeah, but I, why did you not win anything? I think they're better teams than England in 98. Personally, I think France, Brazil, Germany, they were Germany. all stronger teams. But in 2002, when the European Championships, when Rooney like, done his metatarsal, I think we went out in the semis or whatever. I think we should have won that tournament. But I think our England team was probably better then, in 2002, than it was in 96 and 98. Really? Oh, man. 96, 96 was some team, though, as well. Like, you looked, there was some team there, man. But yeah, that 2002 team was quality. But yeah, well, like just nostalgia. I was, I was, I was, we watched the 1996 game, didn't we? We watched the 1996 game against England, Scotland when yeah. we was in lockdown the last time, and we was all talking about it. Well, England, we, they dominated us pretty much. England, we in all those games, we never had the ball. Switzerland, when we played Switzerland, like we never had the ball. We were just lump it forward to Shearer. I didn't think we didn't have no. We needed a manager in my eyes. I know Venables was there, but personally, I don't. I don't think we played good football in those tournaments. I know we got to the semis, but if you actually like look at the games, I don't think we was technically great. I don't know Graham? what you think about it, but it's a knockout competition, isn't it? Isn't it? So I don't. You don't really need to be consistent. So I don't know. We got close, didn't we? I mean, if you look at go, if you go even further back to 1990, if you watch any of the games back then. I mean, Cameroon, how England beat Cameroon, I'll never know. You're only for Lineker's late penalty. But if you watch the semi against West Germany, the better side with ball at feet were England. It was just done us by penalties. And then in Euro 96, Germany again, penalties. They're like, they're like our nemesis, as in, in 90s football, aren't they? I mean, I've gone off a bit of ball now, but they would always seem to be in the way, if that makes sense. Any talk about, not USA 94, because we weren't good enough to qualify. But they was always seem to be in the way in major tournaments in the 90s, didn't they? Don't you think? Germany. Germany were in everyone's way though, weren't they? Because yeah, nine and times that... going back, sorry, Dave, going back to what Lee was saying about um England not being very playing very well, I don't think the Germans played well at all. They just know how to get the job done. Yeah, Do I know agree what I mean? with that. Yeah. They're disciplined, man. They're just they're just regimental. They you know they just yeah, they just know how to win. Right. Do, you, do you think that that goes hand in hand with English clubs not really being in European football for such a long time. So the English style of football was, you know, rough and tumble. It was seen as you to beat England. It was it was grit. It was determination. It was the bulldog spirit that England always had that tag of. You know, you're going to game against England. Technically, they're not great, but they'll get they'll, they'll give you a go. You know, whereas if those in Europe, it was used a lot in, um, for big clubs in England uh, winning. Um, and not winning the European trophies for so long is because they was out of Europe for such a long time. And until Wenger came in in 96 for, for Arsenal, that was a pivotal change in the momentum of English football completely, not just on a, a domestic level, but I think international Drop level. Drop me caps, turned up. <laughs> I think, 
think it made a big difference. Pussy, Dave. That, that, that yeah, pussy's turned up. Do you think it had an effect on anything not being in Europe for so long? Well, what do you mean? What we were in Europe? Which I don't understand what you're saying. There, what England teams well, were in Europe? Yeah, because the England players at the time were playing in, in a domestic league in England, and they were playing against each other. They weren't really going in the continent playing Barcelona, Real Madrid, AC Milan, Juventus. Yeah, we were banned. Really we? we were banned. We were banned until about '92, '93, I think. And then you yeah. had Paul. Do you remember the the free foreigner rule? Yeah. When, um, Barcelona had uh, Stoichkov and Romario, and United had to play. They had to drop um, Keane, Irwin, Schmeichel, Cantona, because you only allowed three foreigners in the side. I think that's when yeah. the English teams, I think that's when they went back into it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Years because of the Heisel thing. Yeah. So do you think that had an impact on English football progressing in tournaments? Because we no, didn't... No, I don't. I think money had an impact, mate, personally. I, thought, I think money mean? had an impact. In the what amount sense? of money English clubs are spending to get the best players to go and try and compete in Europe. Okay, Holland. I feel let me go on slightly. You know, it did it did it affect affect like English players never went abroad to play, did they? I know you had ints that went to uh, Gaza, turned up at Lazio. You know, like but you know, like everyone, all these when the foreign invasion came, they all came to the Premier League. But English players, and it still happens now. You get like not they don't very go very often go abroad. How did that have an effect on us not winning something? You know what I mean? Training in a different climate. You know, like learning. You know what I mean? So you yeah. know, could it be that? Yeah, but okay, back so going back onto what, what, what this topic, what we're talking about. But in the nineties, do you think I don't really record many like players playing out of different nations, if that makes sense? So like the Germans, you could probably out of their eleven, I reckon nine of them probably played in Germany. Uh, it's like the Spanish. I reckon nine of them, ten of them maybe played in Spain. Same with the Italians. I don't think there was that many people playing abroad from different countries, if that makes sense. You had yeah, the odd yeah. one like Ginola. Like you, yeah. you had the odd one, but you didn't yeah. have like it wasn't an actual full group. If that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, had, like, the Brazilians probably went to Spain. England. So was it detrimental England to only have, only ever play English players to only ever play in England? Whereas Germany, the all better test better than us technically Italians are Spanish are. But for us as a as a nation to be just always in England, was that did that affect us? Do you see what I mean? Well, just changing tack slightly, going back to what you said about uh, uh, Graham and Holland, about um, foreign invasion, as you put it. I- I'll use exotic signings. Um, I mean, that was like in the 90s we, we miss now because it's just, it's such a, you know, it's if you look at Arsenal, Wenger was probably the, the, a catalyst for that as well. That was a real, everyone was foreign, French people and everyone was coming in. Before, you might have the odd signing per team. I think Burrard and brought in like uh, Emerson, Ravanelli, Janino and, and a, a, a short space of time. But it was exciting when you had one or two or three in a club. And now it's kind of, if you've got three English people in your first 11, it's, it's, it's a rarity, really. I mean, that's what I do miss that in the 90s and yeah. the fact that someone would come in and you didn't know it was any good, really. You go, oh, I was brilliant. I, I remember at school, and I, I, I really, really clearly with, with Harper, that Jack Stampstein for United, and he had a rocky few games at the start and Harper's like, oh, he's shit, he's shit, he's shit. And it... It was Man United versus Liverpool. <laughs> I know, he's always, oh, he's rubbish, he's, he's pants. I didn't know. No, we didn't, no one knew who he was, really. I used to get the Man United magazine no. and then profile players and give you a bit of information. And I remember, and it was Man United Liverpool, the day before, it was a midweek game, I think it was, it was an uh, FA Cup game. And I, 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 I spoke to Har- a Harper, and I was like, tonight, I said, he'll show you, he's a world-class defender, he'll stop owning these tracks. 
and he had Owen in his pocket all night. I had no knowledge that that's an app, and I just put faith in him. But it was that kind of thing that you, it was nice not to have loads of knowledge of someone coming in and, and having a bit of a punt on someone. So that was obviously detrimental to the Premier League now, I would say. But who was your favourite signing in the 90s, a foreign export? Who was your favourite, most influential person that came in? Not ex- excluding Northern Ireland, Scotland. I mean, proper, you know, across the shores. Uh, we'll start with Harper. Probably David Ginola. Like, obviously, I used to I had a little soft spot for Blackburn. So when Shearer kind of left... I spot my ass. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> so when, when Shearer left, Shearer left, obviously, to go back to Newcastle, obviously, look, when I was growing up, obviously, I wanted to be a striker. So, like, <laughs> Shearer, Shearer was my best. Like, he was the best. He was the best. So... Obviously, I used to love him wherever he went. I've obviously he stayed at Newcastle, but then obviously I watched more Newcastle. And yeah, just for me, Ginola, like I watched him against Man United. Well, he tore Neville to pieces. Like he, he was for me. He was yeah. He was the the best import after him. Probably I'd say Zola, but I'll go with Ginola. Yeah. So Holland. So um, who would you say was the, the biggest foreign import in the nineties for you? Everyone knows who I'm going to say. Everyone knows who I'm going to say. Being an Arsenal fan, it's Dennis Bergkamp. Untouchable. Like, Zola, technically, quality, 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 quality. Ginola, I'm not having him. I've had anywhere near Bergkamp. He couldn't even lace his boots. They're still, they're still, you go on Twitter today, they're still putting Bergkamp's skills like he's playing now. That's how, that's, that's how he tore it up. Unbelievable, Jeff. So, yeah. He's, he, like I say, it came in before Wenger. That was old Bruce Rioch signing. I mean, that's a legacy. And David Platt, who used to play with Bari. They came in together. <laughs> you know what I mean? But no, sorry. Like, 90s, Burkham's, Burkham's uh, unbelievable. I'm, uh, you know, I'll argue this till, till the cows come home. Dennis Burkham all day, every day. Let's get, Graham, who do you think? And then I'll, I'll give you mine. If you're talking for, personally, it wasn't the best foreigner to ever come to the Premier League, but for me, watching him from when the Premier League first started and as he moved on in his career, one of the most exciting ones I've ever seen is Andre Konchelskis. Reason being, on that right wing, when he got that ball, it was all he, all he did was, right, I'm going to beat this man, I'm going to beat that man, pump it in the box. And he'd done that throughout his whole United career. He'd done it when he went to Everton, he'd done it when the Glasgow Rangers, and he'd done it when to Fiorentina. I know when you get a bit old, you lose a bit of pace and whatnot, but just to see a, see a winger now... In this day and age, beat one or two men and pump the ball, pump the ball, pump the ball. Cause you don't see it anymore. Well, so for me personally, watching him was one of my favourite foreigners. Not the best foreigner. I'm going to have to go with Holland with Burkamp. Literally on the way he controlled the ball. I mean, my favourite, one of my favourite ever players is Yari Littmanen to control the ball. Him and Dennis Burkamp. They're from the, the Ajax Academy as well. I mean, I, that, Holland's just summed it up for me for Burkamp. But before I get on to you, Paul, I, I did have a little, not, not a cross. I used to like Kanu. I used to like the way, he was Ajax as well. Kanu, very tall, gangly, gaunt looking bloke, but he could control he could control the ball. He knew where the goal was. He was very strong as well. He's an unusual player. But yeah, but I'd say Konchelskis, Kanu and Dennis Bergamp uh, for me, number one. Graham, you know you're talking about Konchelskis. I said Ginola because like how you said you had a crush on Kanu. That's why I kind of said Ginola because I had a crush on him. I just, uh, he was good looking. He and he just—he was a flair player. Whoa, but, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, whoa, yeah, whoa. no, but technically, oh, no, 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 no. you just said Burkamp. you fancied him. You doubt what we're no. doing it. No, you no, just no, no. 
I had a crush on him, and he was a good-looking yeah. fella. So you're just coming out there. He had it, that, yeah, but he had it all. He had it all, the, he had it all the fella. Uh, well, yeah, I, I know look. for you, you were fat and ginger, so obviously everyone's good-looking for you, but come on. You can't come on here in, in, in the public domain and say you fancy oh, Jadola. I think, I think crush right, is the wrong word. Passion. Crush is the wrong yeah. word, I think. I just used to love watching him play football. But technically, like, Burkamp, yeah, he was head and shoulders above the rest. But going back to the Kinchelski, so you said about like a winger who just now literally just toes it past. I feel like the only player that I've seen do that for a long, long time is that fucking... Leo Walcott. St. <laughs> Alain Maximum for Newcastle. Oh, he's... I don't he's know if you've... I don't know if you've ever watched him, but yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. him. I've seen him, but he looks frustrating. But he's he literally he just wants to, all he wants to do is beat a player. Like, How long has he been there at Newcastle now? He's been oh, I don't know, maybe a year and a half, two years. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe, maybe when he's, he's been like, there a bit longer, I might put him in the same yeah, bracket. No, I'm, but... I'm not. I'm not. I'm not putting him in the same bracket. No, not at all. But I'm just saying to him. I'm just saying that he's the only one in the league. Like you see, you know, like Liverpool, that or all the possession teams, they get down the line. They come all the way back. See, the right. thing is, the thing is now yeah, is that yeah, you don't have wingers now, and so, well, there's no wingers. There's no one crossing the ball. It, like, it, like Alex Ferguson, it was just attack, attack, attack. Wingers just belting balls in all day, every day. You don't see that now. There ain't. Well, there yeah, ain't but look at that. They had that. Serenum, Cantona, um, Nistroy. They all had physical presence. For me, um, impulse. I mean, there's there's so many, but. Quality ones. I mean, uh, De Canio, Carboni, uh, Sheffield uh, Wednesday when they were, were a pair together. Uh, Yapstam, I thought was Lombardo. Uh, Remember Antonio Lombardo? Lombardo. There were <laughs> so many good imports. Bold Eagle, Burkamp, and both of you said Holland and Graham. You both said Burkamp. I hope over Henri. I was a little surprised for that. Obviously, Cantona is is for United the biggest catalyst. Henri um, won in the nineties, though. When did Henri sign for you? Oh, we never signed in the nineties. It must have been late nineties, Dave. It could have been nine. It could have been ninety nine. It could have been. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was the summer of ninety nine. So he yeah, played, so he played in the ninety eight World Cup. Yeah, he played in ninety eight World Cup. It was the ninety nine two thousand season that you signed him. So technically, he's, he's a lot late. Uh, yeah, yeah. Omri, you know, everyone knows I love Omri. Like I say, and the way he came, he, he was at, he was at Juventus and he was fucking he was having a torrid time, wasn't he? Pony, a left winger or whatever, come to Arsenal, then get stuck him up front. Oh my God, the rest is history. Yeah, he was. For, so for me, Cantona, I think, is is the biggest influence. But I think one of the best players I, I, I watch, I love watching, I, I, you know, wasn't here for long, was Ravinelli. I think, in terms of just how, joy to How many years did Cantona do it for, though? The Cantona debate is interesting because I think Burkett and Cantona are very similar in terms of influences at the club. Um, the diff, you know, Kevin, I never did it in Europe. Was one of the cl- the, the, the big things that were said. Um, but in terms of picking up a team and just transforming, well, a neither team, did Burkamp really. Can't do fly. Yeah, Burkamp was scared to fly. Fuck, so he didn't go to half the European games. I think Cantona dined off the fact that of oh, what wow, all the collar up bollocks and walking around like fucking the fucking cock of the walk and all, and then kicking that fan in the which was an unbelievable moment. That if we're going on moments, that's up there. But you know what I mean. But no, I think I think it was Cantona was quality. But I think everything that went with Cantona was made him made him in the public eye. You know, made him what he was like. You know what I mean. It wasn't just football with him. But that's a, that's a thing. He that was, he was back good. In the 90s, it was characters. You had characters of the nineties. And you're yeah. saying it, it was Cantona just what Burkham. If you're looking at just a player, I, I, you know it's hard to argue Burkham Cantona. Everyone's got an opinion. 
But Burkham, you didn't know much about Burkham. It was just Dennis Burkham didn't fly. If he did fly, I think you might have had a bit more of a chance in Europe over that period, but that's never another day. But I think with Cantona, it was the whole Bruno's been linked to him now at United in terms of that catalyst. I don't think they're anything alike personally in terms of influence. I think that it's different era. With Cantona, when he he's came good in, though, Bruno. He, no, there's no doubt he's good. But when Cantona came in under a prime Ferguson that, that ruled of not it was fear almost. You, but what Ferguson said, everyone did. You read all the books and different people, Ferguson's book, Beckham's book, all these books. Cantona was the one player who just got told, do what you want. I don't care what you do. Just go and do what you want. And I think <clears throat> off the pitch and on he the did, pitch... He did do what he wants. Run into the crowd and kicked a fellow in the head. Well, there you go. Imagine that happening now. That's it. But I mean, everything... It, 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 right, so, yeah, so 90s players, obviously, Janino, Ravinelli, were just fantastic to watch. And they, I think they were the first smaller club bringing in the big imports in terms of en masse. And that's what started opening the door for other players to come in and, and to be signed. Um... Harper, do you know that you said obviously a big one? Uh, did he revolutionise the winger in, in, in England? I think Kanchalskis definitely did. I think if we look at Kanchalskis, he, he did change football in terms of that classic winger of bombing down the wing, cutting beat a man, beat a man, bosh it in the box. What about um, Giggs? Giggs was the other side Sharp, of him, wasn't he? And Sharp at the same same time, wasn't it? Sharp. Yeah. yeah. He, Lee Sharp. Lee Sharp was very underrated, you know, in the early 90s. If you look back at the Premier League years, amount of goals he scored and assists that he, they put in for McClare and Hughes and Cantona, it was it was decent, um, Lee Sharp. I'm surprised he didn't get more any England calls or more England calls, you know. Cool. So I think we've finished that one with the, the, the debate there on, on 90s. I think we can all agree that 90s football has got so many avenues to go down. It was definitely the best era um, so I'm going to do a little uh, quick quiz we'll, we'll do the first one so all I'm going to do I'll play you a clip of a famous commentary moment throughout the 90s this this era uh, there was obviously a lot of catchphrases that were uh, played upon so I'll play you a clip and all you've got to do is the first person to tell me the game um, gets the point and then the, uh, that's all you've got to do so the game it was in um, and then you get the points does everyone understand basically what that is <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay. I'll guess the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all I'm going to do, I'm going to play the commentary. So there's a famous bit of commentary that's kind of renowned for this game. Um, you give me the answer. First person, if you just, on this case, just to get it, but just put your hand up for the first person I see, put their hand up. I'll, I'll hand it over to you. If you, okay. So get, listen to this. Okay. Lee Harper. Lee? Well, I'm going to say that is Arsenal Tottenham in the FA Cup. Yeah, was it? I think it was semi final. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they played Forest yeah, in the final. Yeah, well done. It was 2 1 to uh, uh, Tottenham and the semi final. Well done, Lee Harper. That's a point to Harper. So I think that's it for this week, guys. So we'd love to hear from you in terms of what you would like us to talk about. I'm going to give everyone a brief now on what next week's topic is going to be. We're going to stay in the 90s, obviously, but we're going to have more of a debate next week about an individual topic. And uh, next week's topic is going to be Del Piero or Batistuta in the 90s. Who was the better striker? So with that, 
Thanks very much, guys, and we'll see you next week. You can't win anything with kids. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. How much are the players looking forward to Arsene Wenger arriving? <laughs> Podcast Network.